Two of the very best operators. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. You got that right, Tim Schenken. The red flags are definitely still out, but we are doing some racing this weekend in Darwin. My name's Grant Rowley, and welcome back to the Parked Up podcast. And for the very first time, Tony Dalberto and I aren't sitting next to each other. We're, we're doing this via Zoom. Tony, welcome to the new podcasting world. Thanks for having me, Grant. It's an absolute pleasure to see your face. And I didn't think it was going to be possible this week because of all these restrictions. We thought we'd better do the right thing and uh, adhere to not being in the same room. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, doing it over Zoom, it took a little bit of setting up, but uh, I like these fancy mics that you got me. Yes, yep. It is absolutely the best of both worlds. I still get to see your face mm. via the Zooms, but I don't have to have your smell next to me. It's pretty good. <laughs> How's your week been, mate? It's been pretty standard, very quiet weekend. And, you know, what I was really looking forward to watching some supercar action last weekend, but as we know, that got cancelled has been moved to this weekend, but I did catch a little bit of the Formula One uh, and MotoGP as well. So I got a little bit of the racing fix, but uh, besides that, everything is just the same as it's been for how many weeks now? This is it, stage four lockdown. We uh, appreciate you listening into Parked Up. Of course, we're powered by the race fuels. It's the best way to get your racing fuel at the circuit. You just... You just uh, swipe your credit card there at uh, various tracks and and put the fuel in your tank and, and away you go. Tony, I can't think of a better way to, to um, make sure you're fueled up for your racing. I, I couldn't think of a better way to um, swipe your credit card. Pay for my racing. <laughs> you, you love doing that. You love doing that. <laughs> what it have you is, been doing this week? Uh, it has been, uh, it's been locked down. I've still been coming to my office, but I'm able to do that because I'm the only person in the office. Um, I've got some homeschooling at home, which uh, poor dear looks looks after and um, is doing an excellent job, and uh, also juggling a uh, a little three year old with all of that as well. Mm. It's no different to what most other people have got going on. So uh, certainly down here in Victoria, you know, you see some of the. I saw some vision of the guys up in Darwin, and I've seen some pictures from the Gold Coast, and it almost looks like it's normal up there. Yeah. But, um, it's just a different, strange world down here. The boys uh, from DJR have been sending me some photos of them on the boat fishing, you know, catching all this fish and, you know, the, it looks warm up there. The water looks perfect. Um, I'm super, super jealous, you know, like we're so restricted here in Melbourne and uh, good on them. I mean, they're away from their families and all that sort of stuff, but uh, they're having a nice old time. We're definitely copying it here in Victoria, but those numbers are coming down. So let's hope that we're on the right track. Let's talk some motorsport though, because we've okay. got a big week of car racing coming up. Yeah, there is some doom and gloom, but we do have two events in Darwin to, to get excited about, followed by two weeks in Townsville. So uh, that's going to be pretty cool. We'll catch up with Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com in the news segment uh, pretty soon. We've also got a couple of, a uh, cool guest to catch up with as well, Emma Notta Francesco, who you'll see. It's not a Francesco, who is it? <laughs> you'll see her buzzing up and down pit lane, uh, reporting for uh, various uh, TV networks. You'll uh, no doubt have heard her voice and seen her face, and we're going to hear from her 
pretty shortly. And we'll also speak to Supercars team owner, Kim Jones. Now, the reason why I wanted to get Kim on the phone is because he typically looks after the majority of BJR's commercial deals for their their supercars team and we asked our fans on the parked up facebook page this week if they could select any sponsor to back their race car who would they choose and we had a great variety of different answers you know the the coca-colas and the apples and the uh you know all of the big brands that that people would want to be associated with tony now I know you've got you've you've had some really good partners over the over the journey and you've still got some great partners. But if you could choose one brand that could wrap around your helmet and you could say they're mine or wrap on the side of your car and you're representing them, what brand would it be? It's a tricky question because I feel as though the stage in my career that I'm at, uh, to have some iconic brands on my race cars like Shell, uh, like Honda. Um, is pretty cool. Uh, but as a kid growing up, you always wanted to have Red Bull on your helmet because that sort of signified that you were, you know, the next up and comer and, yeah. you know, you're going to be a, a big deal. Um, and I just love that you can recognize, it doesn't matter what car the Red Bull uh, logo is on, you know exactly um, what that sponsorship's all about and that, you know, those sponsorships aren't just sort of handed out. So, I'm going to say Red Bull, and I don't say that because Triple Eight is sponsored by Red Bull. Okay, there you are. I'm not saying that. (laughs) Um, But just what it sort of signified as I was growing up as a kid, like if you were sponsored by Red Bull, you were were going somewhere. So very fortunate though to have Shell, and I love the Shell uh, Picton that we have on the bonnet of the DJR Falcon. Again, you can see that a mile away and you can identify what the brand is. Yeah, it, uh, the the Red Bull thing is interesting because it's it's it kind of helped signify that you were part of like a little exclusive club. Mm. You know, um, I got to work a lot with Rick Kelly uh, at uh, at Nissan Motorsport, and and he was really really proud to to have that Red Bull partnership. And then he he um, he lost Red Bull when um, uh, I think it was about 2014, maybe he lost them. But he got GoPro to uh, jump on as his helmet sponsor yeah. just after that. Rick Rick has had some of the coolest sponsors for sure. Absolutely. He's always got quite a few personal sponsors on his helmet. Channel 10. Uh, he's got Honda bikes on there as well. Giant bikes. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. So he's done really well there. Now, we had some uh, excellent answers from our parked up Facebook uh followers and if you want to join us join the conversation on facebook uh it's facebook.com forward slash parked up podcast you can uh come and answer some some of our questions or talk to us or uh or give us some suggestions tell us we're good bad or indifferent whatever the case we love the interaction john alford uh suggested that wonder bread was a uh was a good uh, a good sponsor to have of course that's a reference to talladega nights uh, Paul Dunstan suggests that Red Bull would give his car wings. Uh, Robert Hawkins said he'd want 7-Eleven because an unlimited Krispy Kreme donut supply uh, would make it easier to, for him to fit into his race suit. Uh, obviously, he's got a pretty big uh, Jacques Villeneuve-style race suit. Then he needs to fill it out. <laughs> so Barbara Agnastriadis, who uh, we spoke good. to his da- her daughter last week, uh, Ava, she suggested Cadbury. 
because it would be oh. mean an unlimited supply of, uh, of yes. chocolate. <laughs> Mitchell Alexander said, Chanel, imagine the hot promo girls. That was his <laughs> answer. Uh, yeah, so we had a, a, couple of, uh, a couple of other really good ones. But this week's winner, and of course they'll win one of the very, very famous Race Fuels hats, is Jackie Carroll. Now, uh, she basically wrote down every sponsor uh, that, that she could think of and a reason why. But she finished it by saying that uh, but Parked Up should also be on the side of her race car um, because Parked Up is the uh, place where she gets all of the excellent updates. So Jackie oh, Carroll, well she um, is a very, very loyal Parked Up podcast follower. I reckon she's probably the first one to listen to it every week. Certainly the first one to comment on our on our Facebook page and and we love her for that so we're going to chuck her a race fuels hat and uh, a little sticker pack as well. I've just got a little shout out. Now a friend of mine gave me a call the other day, Bruce Lefborg. Do you know Brucey? Uh maybe by face what does Bruce do? Brucey uh races in XLs, but he's just been around the motorsports um scene for a long time racing go-karts uh his son chris races carts as well anyway we're, we're good friends and he gave me a call and said I've, I've been listening to all your parked up podcasts and i'm loving them we love it uh, and he he gave me a couple of ideas of you know who we could interview next and what he's really really loving mm-hmm. which i'll share with you off air because you know we don't want to give away our secrets okay. but i just want to give him a little shout out and thank him for listening and actually giving us some suggestions on how we can make the show a little bit better Okay, great. Excellent. That's what we need. We do love your feedback. So uh, feel free to drop us a line uh, at any time. And without any further ado, Tony D, let's go straight into the news. Now, Tony, since the last time we spoke, a lot has happened in the supercars world. There were Queensland hotspots, there were trucks and staff at borders, and there were significant unknowns about whether this weekend's event would actually go ahead. The man on the inside is Andrew Van Leeuwen, and he joins us live from his motorsport.com news desk, aka his living room there in St Kilda. AVL, that was uh, quite a saga. Uh, yes, yes, it was quite a saga. It was sort of, um, it was just a bit of a roller coaster, I guess, because it was off and then it was on and then it was on. But it was sort of on. To be honest, it was kind of on the whole time until it wasn't on. So, you know, we had uh, just to sort of run through the timeline, you know, uh, Friday, just over a week ago, there was the news that um, the Northern Territory government had declared the cities of Brisbane, Logan and Ipswich as uh, coronavirus hotspots after there was sort of that 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 fear around a um, around an outbreak in Brisbane after the, the, those alleged uh, border raiders uh, made their way back up north. Um, there were frantic talks between supercars and um, and uh, the the health officials in the Northern Territory. There was talk. There was basically a decision that it was going to go ahead. Flights were pushed back. It just kept going on and on and on. And we got to Wednesday and we were told that, uh, well, it emerged that it wasn't going to go ahead and there was going to be a week postponement. So it's still an ongoing thing because we still don't know when the second part of this double header is meant to be. Um, but yeah, it was certainly a bizarre few days in the, uh, in the world of supercars. Avil, it just seemed like there was a big ban of being able to chat to supercar drivers, teams, uh, personnel all involved. 
what do you what was the reason behind that do you think i mean just because they were scrambling they didn't actually know what was happening they didn't want confusion um or did they just want to roll out the actual news rather than it be sort of uh uh rumor mill so to speak yeah there, there was definitely a ban so there was an email that went out on a saturday night after the initial uh batch of talks between supercars and um and and the northern territory government there was a, a an email went out to teams which outlined the fact that this was going to go ahead there was going to be a charter flight on the monday night um transporters should get moving we're, we're up and running um, and part of that was do not speak to the media don't don't post anything on social media don't speak to the media if they call refer everyone back to supercars uh, media manager paul glover which um I guess what it really comes back to is the fact that this was such a sensitive thing. And I think, I think we'll eventually get to a point where, you know, one day we'll learn the full story and it'll have something to do with the fact that there's an election in the Northern territory, you know, in, on Sunday, not next Sunday, but uh, the Sunday after that. So yeah, they were yeah. kind of the, 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 the local government up there was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because um, if you go and start canceling really popular events, that's not a great look for a government, but given what's happening here in Melbourne, uh, everyone's so sensitive about a second wave and, and it's shown how quickly an outbreak can get out of control. Uh, a government doing something that could be seen to pose any risk of viral spread in the community is also a bad look. So they were kind of stuck between, oh, wow, we're concerned about Southeast Queensland. We're concerned about some of the areas that these guys have been to. Um, we don't want to be cancelling events, but we don't want to be inviting criticism if something happened and something got out of control. And you've also, at the same time, you've got normal people who don't care about motor racing at all going, well, hang on a minute. I'm not allowed to go and visit, you know, my great auntie mm. in Sydney, but, you know, Scott McLaughlin can come here and go motor racing whenever he wants and doesn't have to do any quarantine. So it was, a, it was just a tricky, a really tricky situation. I feel like the whole idea was, don't say until we've got boots on the ground, don't say anything. And that kind of proved to be wise in one way because they didn't get there. It didn't happen. You know, the original plan as of Saturday didn't happen. So I think it was less about trying to deceive anybody and more about just trying to, it was so sensitive and it really looks like what it feels like is there was an agreement to do it. Given the testing that's been going on with supercars first now, given the fact that there's kind of this bubble you know, not as, it's not as much of a hub as we've seen in other sports, but there's still sort of this regular testing. You know, everyone should be pretty sweet in terms of supercars people. I think that it was seen as very, very low risk, but they just couldn't... Someone... There was some opposition at government level. It's what it seems like. You know, it seems like there were people... You can see how easily, you know, government officials could end up at loggerheads with each other over it. Some going, hey, there's no risk here. And some going, geez, even if there's no risk, do we still mm. want to risk it at all? Yeah, it's a really, really tough one. But then on the flip side, when the drivers and teams got up to Darwin, they were making it quite uh, obvious that they were in lockdown and they weren't sure how long for. So we hadn't heard from them. And the next minute, they're basically saying how uh, tough it is that we're in lockdown in this small room, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, they're out of uh, isolation just like that, you know, within a day and a half. What led to actually letting them out so soon? Well, that was sort of part two of the act. So that was after they got up with that. And I want to say act, I'm sort of speaking in play terms, not saying it was an act. But um, yeah, yeah, so the second part of it was once they got there, um, there were some people that had to go into hotel isolation. So anyone who had been in any of those hotspot areas had no choice. 
Um, they had to be there, and that included the likes of McLaughlin, um, Scott Pye yeah. was in lockdown, Anton Di Pasquale. They'd been to a, a sponsor, a sponsor um, um, appearance for supercars, like almost exactly two weeks earlier, but they just snuck in to needing mm. to go into isolation. So um, there were other teams that decided to play a cautious approach and put the, and, and requested staff go into self-isolation, not so much quarantine, but self-isolation when they got there just to try and make sure, you know, push the message that, hey, we're all doing the right thing. Um, and there was other people who quite rightly said, well, hang on, we don't contravene any of the government regulations. So there's no reason yeah. for us to be in isolation at all. So we can sort of carry on as we go. So there was this weird sort of mix of the way different teams were tackling it. The, the interesting thing was even as late as like on the Thursday night, as much as everyone was like, okay, these guys are in hotel quarantine until next week, then they can come out and go racing. There still was nothing official to say that they could skirt the 14 day regulation. There was still some concerns from some people going, oh, I don't think these guys are getting out next week. You know, yeah. if the government pushes on with this 14 day thing, because again, it becomes a case of, you know, one rule for one and another rule for others. Yeah, it um, didn't make sense. We were now saying they're going racing and if they had the two week lockdown. Exactly. Yeah. So they were in quarantine and Wednesday was the day. So which would be tomorrow. That was the day that was sort of being floated as, okay, they're going to be allowed out next Wednesday. But that was sort of no in no man's land in terms of what the regulations actually were. Now, on Friday evening, the Northern Territory government, love a Friday evening uh, announcement, by the way, which um, is not fantastic, but that's, no. that's the way they like doing it. They come out and said, cool, right. So we're actually going to revoke that, uh, that hotspot declaration. So anyone who's already in hotel quarantine can just come out. Because there's, we haven't really seen an explosion in cases in Queensland at all. So, uh, like a sensible decision, um, but it really made the whole week completely unnecessary. Because if it had never happened, we would never have had an issue. Um, so, it was uh, that was kind of a... Um, that's why it all ended so quickly. Because the, 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 the Northern Territory Government literally said, okay, cool, we're, uh, we're done. You guys are sweet. Open the door um, and, um, and carry on. P.S. You've got a week off now before we go racing. Come play with some crocodiles. It's certainly uncharted waters for everyone in the game. How cooperative have supercars been, the teams and the drivers, when it comes to your role uh, in trying to, uh, you know, break the news? Um, it's that's a tough one to answer. Obviously, like we we saw in terms of supercars, they, they really didn't say much, you know. And and it comes back to what I was saying before. Obviously, it was just so sensitive. They just wanted to keep everything on the down low as much as as much as possible so we saw there was one official announcement on the on the ver that very first friday saying acknowledging that this change had been made uh, regarding those um hot spots and then nothing absolutely nothing and i thought i was thinking initially once once it started to emerge on the saturday that that, that the plan was to push on that something there'd be something official come out but it didn't and it wasn't until the wednesday it wasn't until the postponement um that it came out. You definitely knew there was something up when we had a we'd had a uh, a media roundtable organised with Sean Seymour. Um, I think it was scheduled for the Thursday or Friday, and then it was pushed back to the Monday, and then the Tuesday, and then the you know it just kept being pushed back. And you knew then that obviously we weren't going to get that chat until everything was kind of um, was kind of sorted and things were um, were still going on. But like I say, I can understand the sort of difficult situation that supercars uh, was in as well. I don't think for a second that. Um, anybody within on the media side of the organization there would have been going, Oh, this is great. We're not saying anything, but at some point you've got someone saying we can't say anything. 
and we shouldn't say anything. And every, with everything with the, with the Darwin Darwin round, it always tends to be driven um, by NT events as well. Uh, they tend to take the lead on all the communication. So it definitely the, the silence was deafening. There's no mm. doubt about it. But I it don't obvious. think yeah, I, I don't think there was necessarily. There's no one uh, on the uh, on the on the media side at Supercars that I'd point the finger at and go, "Oh, well, they should have done better." I think that it was just the situation that they that they found themselves in. At the end of the day, for someone like myself, you all you really need is some someone to be cooperative, even if they're uh, not going on the record about it, or even if it's not uh, if it's not official. So the Darwin Triple Crown this weekend, the Darwin Super Sprint the next weekend, but the Darwin locals have got quite a few choices on uh, for the following weekend, Avil. Yeah. So there, there was a few question marks over exactly how they were going to tackle this second round for a number of reasons. Um, number one, you know, we're basically going to have four weekends of racing in a row now because we have a double header in Townsville. Um, and, uh, and now the double header in Darwin is actually going to run right through to the second weekend. So there was talk that we're going to go midweek to try and open up the space a little bit, give teams a bit longer, to make that 2,500k trip from um, from Darwin to Townsville, but um, it's it's been decided at some point that um, that it is going to be on the uh, on the next weekend. So uh, next, if you're in Darwin next Saturday, or sorry, on the 22nd, I think it is, you've got the option of an AFL match, voting in the election. You should. Probably, I don't think you have the option of doing that. I, yeah, I think they should do that for um, any of our Darwin listeners. Don't miss yeah. that. Your copies of a 50 buck fine. <laughs> So you have to uh, vote in the election and then you can either go to the, go to the supercars or the footy or all of it. Maybe you'll just do the whole, uh, the whole lot. So yeah, there's a lot going on. And that's another reason why there was talk about this midweek sort of fixture, trying to create some space away from that. Um, I reckon that would have been bloody awesome. Having some yeah. racing during the week. Yeah, I agree. I think it would have been good. I guess the... Um, the complication is how do you do it? Do you bring lights out? Do you just yeah. run during the day? You know, there, there was obviously going to be more to put in place for that. That was definitely the preferred option from supercars. I'll tell you right now, there was a lot of chat that that's what they wanted to do, but um, you've got to uh, get a lot of people on side to do something like that. You got yeah, to have to be a night race. Want to do it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And then you're adding more cost into yeah. it and this and that. So I guess probably the more, um, straightforward option has been taken um but i agree it would have been cool it would have been nice to see how how the event went in a bit of clean space away from any footy matches and all that sort of stuff but um but anyway so it's going to be a packed schedule for the next four weekends in a row we're going racing so that's um it's going to be brutal but i guess you know i'd normally i'd be saying geez when am i gonna have a day off but does it really matter at the moment i mean i don't know i don't know why i'd want to go outside between the weather and the lockdown um, that's it. but um Avi, I've got one more question for you, though, mate. Um, what's after the double header at Townsville? A lot of talk about Bathurst being the last mm. event of the year, uh, or for the championship. Do you reckon that's realistic? Yes, yes, I do. I, I still feel like that's Plan A, and I think that's the that's definitely the path that the, the championship should should be taking. So I, I would suggest that we're probably going to see another race meeting or two after Townsville. Queensland Raceway, a double header there seems to be firming as the kind of um, as kind of the best option. The guys want to be racing. If they're on the road, they kind of want to be racing. Um, so I think we'll do another couple of races in September uh, and then we'll go to Bathurst and we'll finish the championship there. And I really think there's just too big a risk sending everyone back to Melbourne um, after Townsville and expecting the championship to pick up and carry on as expected from Bathurst onwards. Because let's be realistic, we're not going to Perth. We're not going to Tasmania. 
Um, these are just um, with the situation in Melbourne at the moment. These they're just mm. it's unrealistic to think that would happen. So, to me, the smart option is just to get the thing done, to go and mm. get it done, keep the hub together. You know, you say to the crew, and the, like I really feel for the crew that are on the road. That is. Will, will just be remarkably tough but surely if you're given the option of going home and having to go back into quarantine and this start stop or told right here's an end date it's a bit longer than maybe we were expecting but when it's done it's done mm. surely that's the option you take surely that's the one you go okay let's let's go and do that time will tell time will tell a bathurst finale seems like the obvious one and uh, what a place to have the uh, the final round of the Supercars Championship, no pressure, Tony. Um, <laughs> just have to jump no straight, in, just straight, just jump straight into it. TD, no you can decide the championship, mate. <laughs> yes, sir. ABL, we thank you for your time. We love your work on motorsport.com. Just before we let you go, one quick tip. Who's going to win this weekend in Darwin? Uh, Scott McLaughlin. Well, we're going we're gonna to see some different winners because we have to with these mixed tyre regulations. But I think, uh, I think our fast man's going to be Scott McLaughlin. He's so good there. He always goes so good there. So he'll be, he'll be tough to beat. But who's going who's gonna to be our next wildcard winner with these tyre rules? That's the, uh, that's the big question. I'll have to see where you are. I'll follow your money on, on Sportsbet <laughs> or wherever, Rolly. We'll, we'll be talking over the weekend. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Have a good one. So we thank AVL for his time here on Parked Up Powered by the Race Fuels. Tony, in other news, of course, we had some Formula One racing over the weekend. Uh, Lewis Hamilton didn't take a victory. It was Max Verstappen in the, in the, uh, in the Red Bull Honda-powered Formula That's One race. That's why he won, mate. That's why he won. Go. I like no, it. It was, it was actually an interesting race. Very, very hot temperatures. And we've seen the Mercedes hasn't been as strong in those hot temperatures they literally tore their tires apart. Yeah, and those Red blisters. Bulls, yeah, and, and and the Red Bulls looked after their tires a lot better. So, um, in the end, it was it was quite a convincing win. And this weekend, they're at Barcelona, and the temperature is meant to be really high as well. So we could see maybe a little bit of, sh- of a shift in the form, uh, and Max Verstappen might be able to take some points more points off Lewis Hamilton and maybe start to become uh, in contention for this championship. So it's not just a runaway uh, for the Mercedes Benz, but Lewis again uh, salvaged a podium in P2 and Bottas in P3. Yep. And a, uh, another reasonably interesting race as well. I've certainly seen some snore fests at Silverstone mm. over the years, but um, the last couple have been, uh, have been pretty interesting at different points of the race. Now, uh, some news closer to home in the TCR Australia world, Dylan O'Keefe, who will race for the Gary Rogers Motorsport Renault team this year, is getting an opportunity to test a brand new generation Renault Megane RS Evo that has just rolled out of the doors at Vudovic Motorsport over there in Switzerland. And he's testing at the Salzburg ring this Saturday. So uh, first time that we've seen an Aussie TCR racer go overseas and get some seat time uh, for, for an international team. That's a fantastic opportunity. And we actually spoke to him earlier this year and that was one of the reasons that he made the shift from the Alpha to the Renault uh, to potentially get an opportunity to do some racing overseas with the factory team. He saw that as an opportunity to further his career. So it's nice, even in this lockdown period, that he's been able to do that and organize 
a test in one of their current cars. Interestingly, though, I did reach out to him when I saw that he was getting on a plane going somewhere. I said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, just going to have a look at the Renault race team. Like, he, he didn't tell me he was actually doing a test. Lucky for some. And I'm just, uh, I spoke to him. I spoke to him yesterday about it and uh, I was very annoyed that he didn't pack me into his um, carry-on and, and take me with. Being anywhere other than Melbourne at the moment would be a, uh, an absolute treat. But um, yeah, look, we really hope he does, um, he does a killer job over there. We've got no doubt, you know, he took, uh, took four, four race wins last year, finished fourth in the series and, uh, you know, in that Alfa Romeo that he drove for Ash Seawood Motorsport, Tony, you would know. Um, yeah, he was very, very competitive. Very good car, very good team. Uh, they were really, really quick. They just had a little bit of a mechanical problem right at the end of the championship when he was trying to uh, get that runner-up spot. Um, so it was obviously myself and him going hard at it. And uh, I had a little bit of luck on my side with uh, the reliability of the Alfa, not quite as good as the Honda. Um, so yeah, that, that's a great opportunity for him. And uh, I didn't actually think that he'd be able to travel. Will he have to isolate over there for a little while? What's the go? So I don't believe he had to isolate when he, when he gets there. I'm sure he would have, uh, been tested quite a, quite a few times, but mm -hmm. certainly no isolation. He will have to isolate when he comes back to Melbourne. So, um, he might not ever come back. He might just stay over <laughs> there. Hopefully, when he comes back, the next TCR race is like a week away and he misses it. <laughs> so we wish Dylan all the best for his test and who knows where it could lead for the future. Tony, I'm sure you'd love to go over and race to an international race for Honda uh, at some point. Mate, I would just like to race anything at the moment. Uh, and I think you're in the same boat as well. Even if we just went to the go-kart track or something, just had a little skid, I think it'd be a bit of fun. Not even allowed to do that. No, can't even do that. Okay, no worries. Here we go. Let's get into our first guest. So Emma Notta Francesco is, has, was part of the TCR Australia pit lane uh, TV deal last year. She's not going to be part of that this year, but she's got a bunch of other gigs that she does, including some work for Motorcycle Australia uh, as part of their broadcast team. And top chick, we both get along with her really well. Uh, and we thought we'd grab her to see what she's doing in uh, in lockdown. Tony, this is the first Zoom meeting we're going to do. Uh, yeah. I'll press the buttons and let's get it happening. And it's cool to welcome Emma Notta Francesco onto the Parked Up podcast for the very first time. Emma, with the world's longest last name, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I can insert a good one for you if you want, because the boys have come up with plenty over the years. Do you want the best one? Let's yes. uh, no, no, no. Save save your last name stuff for a little bit later. I've got a I've got a list of uh, questions I want to ask, and uh, world's longest last name is on is there. One but of them. First, <laughs> first of all, first of all, we're we're in some crazy, crazy, crazy times, and um, still see lots of you on the social medias. Haven't got to see you in in 3D for a little while though. So tell us a little bit about your COVID story. Okay, well, first time around, I didn't, I didn't do lockdown so well first time around. I was, um, you know, a little bit crazy, lost, lost a few gigs like everyone. So I, you know, was like, hey, let's Zoom on a Tuesday just, just so I can have a gin. <laughs> like everyone, <laughs> everyone was doing that, right? So uh... this time around, <laughs> no? 
Krishna. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I, I was a little bit lazy first time round and a little bit down the dumps like a lot of people were. So I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you my sob story. But, uh, yeah, lost a lot of gigs, obviously, and, and we're not racing uh, either. So that sucks, as, as, you, as you know. You guys are in the same boat. But this time around, I feel like I've, I've got it sorted. So I've been really motivated. I'm exercising a lot. I'm not doing any Zooms and drinking, which is great. But obviously, yeah, still not racing. So I'm uh, doing a few little projects, which is great, and feeling super motivated and a lot happier. It's a, it has been a tricky time. I know for myself personally, the first lockdown, I took it probably better than the second one. Uh, the second one, yeah, right. you think is this ever going to end? Are we going to get going again? Yeah. There's always been this chat about light at the end of the tunnel. And we talk about it every week on our podcast that, you know, we're going to go racing soon and we've got this hope, but then it, that just keeps getting kicked further and further away. Um, so I, I haven't had as much motivation this time round, but I'm really hopeful that we will get to see some more racing this year. We've obviously got supercars, Formula One going on. Um, What's your schedule look like if we do go racing soon? Yeah, I mean, it's been, I feel like we've gotten, we've copped a lot of slack on social media, which is really tough because it's not like we don't want to go racing, right? The guys at Motorcycling Australia have tried so hard to to update everyone. I feel like when we've made announcements, we've kind of, it's been terrible timing for us and Borders have closed, numbers have gone up again. And so at this stage, we're down to an additional three rounds. We were lucky enough to actually get a round in back in February. That was alongside the World Superbike. So I guess we were lucky in that sense. Um, but yeah, down to an additional three rounds. So if and when we go racing again, at this stage, we're planned for October. And it's quite a, con- a tight turnaround. We've got three rounds within like two months, it looks like. And we'll finish at the bend. So Fingers crossed we can get something in. And at this stage, I guess, yeah, whatever happens, happens. I guess we'll just take it as it comes, right? That's that's sort of how we have to be at the moment. We're still positive. But, yeah, it is tough. When, when you do hear all those comments from people mm. on social media, like, oh, just do this. Oh, just, you know, have a little hub. I guess people don't really understand the way that it works. We are a smaller championship. Yeah. And we're doing the best that we can. Of course, we want to go racing. We want to go mm. racing tomorrow. But it's frustrating for everyone involved. I feel for the teams, the riders, the the sponsors, and obviously the organization. Yes, very, very tough times. And uh, we're all copying in some way, shape, or form. But let's wind the clock back a little bit just for a moment. Um, now, your job is basically to report on uh, motor racing and you've been around the car racing for quite a long time running up and down pit lane trying to grab these pesky drivers or riders <laughs> for an interview um, how did you get started uh, in car racing or motorbikes um, what was that your passion or was it your family's passion yeah it's quite a, a long journey I guess and growing up with two older brothers you know no one in my family has a history of racing but we had a hobby farm from a very young age. You know, I got a motorbike, I think it was for my fourth birthday. And I have just loved motorbikes and, and cars ever since. And I got dragged to, you know, car shows from a really young age. with My brothers with their hotted up cars and, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, um, watched Formula One from a really young age. And I guess, you know, when your dad's into it and your brothers are into it, 
you love it as well. So I started going to Formula One since it came to Melbourne from the very beginning. Has that been what twenty five years has it been already? Thanks, we were meant we were meant Thanks, to man. have twenty five years at exactly. the Grand Prix this year, but yeah. uh, something happened. It didn't to go put so well, did it? Stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So, but if you follow me on social media, you would have seen some pretty embarrassing photos of me dressed up as a Ferrari girl from a really young age. And yes, I am showing my age, Tony, but I think you're a little <laughs> bit older. Uh, yeah, me? so aren't you? Am I I'm older? Sure you are. I'm 34. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm 34 I'll too, say so there you go. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, right I'm, I'm in May, I'm a Grant's Taurus. I'm a much bull. older. <laughs> only a couple of Don't years. Don't bring Grant into only this. Only a couple of years. Hey, I'm still so, here. So, And looking great, I must say. I can see you. Yes. Looking fantastic, Grant. Doing well. So, yeah, yeah so I, I, I turned that into, you know, I turned my passion into a career, luckily enough. I mean, I started actually in the traffic chopper in media. That's, that's where it all started. Yeah. And went from that, I went into soccer. And then I went into supercars. That was my very first motorsport job back in 2014. And as you know, the motorsport world is a small world. And from there, I went into drift cars and I got a spot doing GPTV. And then I cracked into bikes, into the super bikes. So I've been, you know, I'm really grateful for every little gig that I've gotten along the way. Now, you've been keeping pretty busy uh, during the second lockdown and you started, well, especially on social media, that is for sure. Um, now I'm what are you liking... trying to say, Tony? Do, you, do you not like my posts? No, no, I love it. I love it. I like how you, I you're you? keeping the vibe <laughs> happening. It's great, even when we're not really doing a huge amount. Now. Um, you've started a new social platform, so to speak, mm. uh, Legends in Lockdown. Now, you've had some amazing guests so far. Um, yeah. And, but this week, I reckon you've probably got the most famous. Would you agree? Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to say that I've quickly run out of content. And this week, unfortunately, I've had to scrape the bottom of the barrel. And Can you I announce kind of run who's out of- going this week? Who's, who's on this week? I've run out of two-wheel friends, so I've gone to the four-wheel world. And uh, now I've got my mate Tony Delberto on this week, everyone, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, you for joining. Low. You must be low yeah. on athletes, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, You're only up to episode five. You're up to episode five, and you've said you've already run out of talent. Yeah. So who have you had so far? Uh, yeah, so the first week I had my co-host, Steve Martin, who's a former world endurance champion. Then I had Troy Herfoss, yep. who, uh, yeah, you know, Troy Herfoss. So I, I stayed in my bike world. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Troy Bayless. Legend. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, well, they're all legends. I'm not the legend, just to confirm here. No, that's not I, what you said I'm the to one me. in lockdown. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I said, just to confirm, I am the legend. You're the one in lockdown. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, then la- and then last week I had Wayne Maxwell and I know you didn't watch because you haven't commented on this, but at the end I get the per the guest to guess who is going to be on next week and i reeled off a thing few things about you yeah i said really short thinks he's got good hair yeah and he said straight away oh tony delberto yeah he, he said oh, he said something about how you've got big guns or you work out a lot of something i don't know you must you must be thinking about someone else uh well, re- well we, we used to train it. together yeah well there you go so yeah. he, he guessed you pretty quickly he did a good yeah, job on that. Yeah, I, I think he used to beat him on the bench press, but it's because i got short arms, so I don't actually have mm. to push the weight up so much. Now it makes sense, yeah. Yes, yes. So. Now, Grant, um, when Emma actually invited me on Legends in Lockdown, 
Uh, I said, I'm not worthy of this. And she's like, listen here, mate. I'm the legend. You're just in lockdown. Okay? So just settle down. You got to know your spot. That's right. That's right. Exactly. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Can you give me a little bit of a, a head start in what I'm, I'm going to expect this Thursday? Don't give him nothing. Give this him nothing. This is the problem with you. You don't read your text messages at all. No, but the listeners you? haven't read my text messages. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. For the listeners, for the fans out there, the Tony fans, I'm not going to get a big audience this week, am I? Oh. It's like, <laughs> well, you will now because we've mentioned I'm parked up. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. So basically, I mean, I started it, I got on the bandwagon, shall I say, um, to, I really like the live interaction by the way. So everyone, if you've got a question for TD, what we do is we answer fan questions and it really is just a bit of a laugh. I, I'm, I'm kind of not the Emery in pit lane. I did it really just to show my personality and just to have a bit of a fun and to entertain people, I guess, on a yep. Thursday and to entertain me because I am rather bored in lockdown. So it's just a bit of a, a casual chit chat just to get to know TD and a bit of myself on Thursday night at 8 p.m. live. So please send in any questions if you've got any questions for my legend this Thursday night. But yeah, it is just a bit of fun banter. So Nothing too, you know, I don't know, deep. We'll, okay, we'll that's say, good Tony. to know. That's yeah. good to know. All right, yeah. so I'm safe. Except right. I have, I may, I may have already gotten some content from uh, your boss. Let's just say that. Which one's my boss? I've got a few bosses. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You do. Uh, he's tall. Wally. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. He, right, gave, right. he gave me some content. Okay. Now I'm a bit scared. Well, we, we certainly it, look forward to that. Fun. We look forward to that and we'll make sure that we share it on our uh, parked up social media channels. Now, uh, Emma, one of, the, uh, one of the people that you most likely have come across in the bike world mm-hmm. is Tony Delberto's first ever Supercars teammate. His name's Dale Breed. When Tony, mm, first, Brady, joined, yes. when Tony first joined... The Supercars Championship at the ripe old age of about what six, six sixteen or something, seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Um, everyone will be pleased to know that he hasn't grown a, a, an no. inch since then. But <laughs> um, but uh, Dale was uh, driving the second Holden Young Lions car, and and uh, since then. Uh, he he went on to do uh, a season in in supercars, and then he left the scene, but now runs a, a team in the in the in the superbikes. So uh, I didn't know that. Well, so unfortunately, no, um, you got that wrong, Grant. No, nah. well, yeah, he was, he was, but unfortunately, uh, Suzuki uh, Arash, the factory team, finished up at the end of last year. So we do miss the so team and Brady. What was Brady's uh, role in the team? He was the team boss. Yeah. Okay. Man. Yeah. Pretty big. You should have come and come and uh, rode. I had no idea. Have you idea. ever thought about two wheels? No. I'm, I'm too scared. Yeah. <laughs> really? So you would never get your license? Because that's actually something that I'm about to do. Oh, just... I wouldn't mind just riding around the road, but to actually yeah. race bikes, you've got no yeah, chance. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know how they do it. It's It's unbelievable. Yeah, but you could come get your license with me. Something to do in lockdown. I'm about to get my license with Ducati, actually. Oh, you got there. You go. You got. You, you just got the exclusive. Well, I did just get my forklift license a few weeks oh, ago, huge. so oh, I well, might as well go. get my same. bike license as well. Yeah, we come do it. Join on in. The exciting right. thing for Tony though is that it's a two-wheel forklift, so that's <laughs> that's 
<laughs> and it's really, really small. Is it? Is it a lot lower than all the yeah, average it's, ones? It's... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, TD, I had to do it. I'm copping it. Move on, Grant. Move on. So really, look, the, the, the big thing that we wanted to talk to you today about, Emma, was your last name. It is the world's longest last oh, no. name. How have you dealt with this over the years? Do you know actually how many letters are in it? I can't count, <laughs> I can't count that far. Uh, 14. And, and 14, 14 letters. 14 letters. Not a yeah. Francesco. So you would have got, we, last, last week on Parked Up, we talked about uh, nicknames in, uh, mm-hmm. in the world of motorsport and in the I schoolyard heard, yeah. and, and all sorts of things. Uh, what were some of the uh, the nicknames you copped as a uh, as a youngster? Oh well, the, the the best one was if you're not a Francesco, then what are you? So original. I still get that. That's that's the worst. That's even um, longer than your actual long. name. I know, but all my trophies, you know, it really killed. A lot of my trophies are hyphenated. People don't believe that it's one name. Oh. So that yeah, kills. Yeah. Spelling it over the phone is the worst. Oh yeah. Yeah. There goes yeah. happy day. Also, people think that my surname is Francesco. They're like, like I have to say it 10 times, like, not a Francesco. Francesco, no, no, not a Francesco. <laughs> but if you're not a Francesco, then what are you? Oh, good one. <laughs> and the best, though, is when I went into pit lane and the name that Cameron Vanden Duncan gave me, thank you, Cameron, and it's stuck ever since, and it's Emma, not a real surname. <laughs> That's fair. I like well, that. For, for a bloke with four names himself, then yeah. it's yeah, pretty rich. Exactly. But, hey, I uh, saw him on the... the news the other day. Yeah. Oh, God, that mug pops up all the time. I mean, uh, it's bad enough you have to hear his voice all the time, but then, you know, seeing that mug when we're in lockdown, like, come on, Cam, give us a break. <laughs> uh, uh, look, Emma, I've got one more question for you. Yes. Here we have go. you had much limoncello lately? Oh, no, I've ran out really quickly. Have you had a lot of salami lately? Because we could do a swap. Well, you know, Again. my 5K radius, uh, probably not. Yeah, that's yeah, true. But could, could it be known as caregiving? <laughs> yeah, well, we're actually, we're going to do salami soon. Dad's, uh, we had to postpone it, but it is on the agenda very soon. I think it's a little bit late, TD. No, no, it's all good. Can, okay. can you guys please? Uh, not it leave is me. because we've got uh, the right fridge and all that sort of stuff. So we're all sweet. Please yeah. don't leave me out of any of your no, no, fantastic right. Italian uh, cookups. So I, you work on the limoncello, I'll work on the sausages. All right, done. I'll Deal. work on the. I'll work on the eat, eating. One more. Uh, one more <laughs> question, Emma. Uh, it's a uh, one thing that we spoke about last year, working inside the uh, TCR Australia uh, S five thousand broadcast was. Uh, using some of your name to create a, a segment and I'd pitched this to you early in the year and we just never got around to it. I, I thought the race meetings would actually be quite, um, quite easy, quite run of the mill, but um, of course, as they turn out, it becomes quite busy. What I'd pitched to you was to do some social media videos called uh, Hot a Francesco or Not a Francesco. <laughs> Obviously just shorten it to hot or not and uh, ask a, a whole bunch of various questions. It's such a shame we didn't get to do that, but um, we, can sa- we can save it up. But I have come up with um, a few hot or nots for you right now. So That's great. Uh, see if you, uh, you just give us, give us your quick take on some of, the, some of these. All right, so here we go. COVID-19, hot or not? Not. Online racing, hot or not? Not. Sorry, TD, not. That's all right. Not love out? Not Fair loving enough. it. 
All right. What about dad bods? Hot. Oh, Hot. crikey. Yeah. Excellent. Didn't expect that. I don't like the big muscle man look. Sorry. Beards. You're not offending anybody here. Beards, <laughs> beards. Uh, beards. Beards, hot, hot, hot. All right. The Ferrari Formula One team. Oh. I still love them, so we'll go with hot. They are still my team. <laughs> All right. What about what about diets? Diets. Not. You're no, talking to a girl that eats salami for lunch, so not. I love it. All right. <laughs> and, and Valentino Rossi. Hot. Still the king? Still the king, always and forever. Tony, do you have any hot or nots that you'd like to throw in there? Oh, no. Please don't. Uh, Grant Rowley, hot or not. Oh, Come on. Absolutely. The hottest. Oh, we love you, Grant. We love you. Emma, not a Francesco, we thank you so much for joining Tony and myself on Parked Up and we can't wait to uh, see you and your salamis and your lemon whatever it was in the, in the near future. Thanks, guys. We'll be shotting some limoncello on Thursday, Tony. Okay. BYO, limoncello. Done. Well, it was nice to catch up with Emma there and... As we mentioned, I'm going to join her for Legends in Lockdown this Thursday. So please do tune in. Um, it's a pretty lighthearted little chat about what we're up to. Um, she sounds like she's fairly busy, fairly motivated, lots of fitness. And she, I think she just come back from a run actually before we grabbed her for the interview. I hope she did a couple of kilometers for me because I have done absolutely no exercise at all. But not to worry, um, that will all come around again, maybe in 2023 or something. <laughs> now, the next person we have on Parked Up is Kim Jones, co-owner of Brad Jones Racing. He looks after the majority of the commercial dealings for the BJR team. Tony, have you ever, I know you've never driven for BJR. You've raced against them quite a bit. Any, any chance that you would have ever done some, some laps or gone close to doing some laps in a BJR car? I've actually, I drove Josh Keane's DVS car um, before uh, at Winton. That's about as far as I've gone with BJR, but there has been a few chats over the years to join them for the supercar Enduros. Um, spoke to them just before I joined DJR. Um, so uh, yeah, I haven't actually ever done any racing for them, but a huge amount of respect for what they do, how they go racing and how they fund their racing because it's, it's not an easy task to rely entirely just on sponsorship. You know, they don't have somebody at the top that can pay the bills. If they're a little bit short this month, they're literally having to do it the old fashioned way. And uh, I've, I've got to take my hat off to them because I know exactly what that's like. So, and Kim is sort of the man or that we hear anyway, that does a lot of these deals. Yep. Well, let's grab him on the phone and ask him, how things are going, Kim Jones on Parked Up, powered by the Race Fuels. And it's great to welcome Kim Jones to the Parked Up podcast. Kim, thanks for joining us. Parked Up? Huh. I thought we were talking about motorsport. You sounded like it stopped. We, uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess some, some of our world has stopped. And uh, I guess before we talk about cars running around racetracks of course your cars will be in darwin this weekend you won't be in darwin but uh the the covid19 situation has put the handbrake on a lot of things in life just give us a little insight into your covid19 story uh well my my personal one um 
we had just been, my wife and I, we, we lost one of our sons when he was 17 and he had a genetic disease and my wife nursed him for a long time and she has a thing called pseudomonas, which is a chest infection problem. Um, so we've basically been hunkered down and um, I got something out of the cupboard the other day and I said to her, I cannot remember being in our house for this much time end on end uh, ever. And, and so we're just sort of doing our own thing and um, we, somebody tells you about a movie to watch and I call them the never ended stories because it's, it's 25 series with um, 12 or 13 episodes in each one. And by the end of it, you sort of can work out where it's going or, or I, I'm a bit critical. So I start picking the things that aren't quite right. We were watching one the other day and had the Mounties in Canada and this guy had just ridden 2000 miles or something, got off the horse and it was a brand new saddle. Um, so, <laughs> so look, it's a different world. Um, has it really impacted on me personally? No. Um, but I do feel, you know, like Aubrey Wodonga, we've got a closed border situation and I was listening to the news last night and one of the politician goes, oh, I didn't know anything was going on down there. Like it's destroying things. Um, our guys have had to go, <laughs> supercars made us go to Queensland because they're worried about an outbreak in, in Aubrey Wodonga, which would have stopped us from going to Darwin and then Lo and behold, it pops up in Brisbane and on the Gold Coast in the middle of all that. Um, so we, they would have been safer staying here, but the guides are going to be away for a long time. Uh, lots of them have got young families. You feel for them. Um, you know, there's one particular guy. He's got three little kids under five. Uh, his mother-in-law usually comes and helps, but she's in Victoria. She can't get a permit to come across the border. So there's lots of things that impact that. Um, making the guys go away and stay away right now is a very difficult thing. It's hard enough when you've got a normal year and you're going away every second or third weekend to, to go racing. Um, it, it's a terribly difficult thing. People on the outside don't really understand what the workload is or, or how it impacts on what happens. You know, I, when you, when you go somewhere like Darwin, the truck takes, three or four days to get there, three or four days to get back. Um, you service the cars and you've got to turn it around and it's got the same thing to go to Townsville. And, and people don't really understand that, you know, like it's, it's a difficult thing. And now that we're not coming home to our home bases, trying to service gearboxes and bits and pieces like that, like at one stage we were looking at buying two new gearboxes because we were struggling to find a way to service them. Uh, luckily, the guys at DJR said when we go back to Queensland, we can go in and use their special tools to do that. So, look, to get back to your original answer, it's a bit surreal. It's terribly, terribly frightening. Um, my 10-year-old grandson said to his mother, Mum, when I'm really old like you and I have kids, um, and I tell them in 2020 the world stopped because of virus, you know no one's going to believe me. Because it, 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 it is just... It's something unexpected. And in Australia, we're doing a really, really good job. I have a friend in America um, who lives outside of Portland and uh, he said that it is craziness over there and everybody's taking the attitude, if they get it and die, well, they get it and die, uh, wow. which is just bizarre. Kim, let's talk about racing. Uh, you've touched on how difficult it's been for the crew being away for so long. 
but you must be proud of the the work they've done and the results that they've got. Uh, you know, Nick's had a couple of wins. We've seen Todd on the podium as well. Um, BJR are really strong at the moment. Yeah, and, and look, I'm 64, so I'm really old. I've been doing this. I've been doing this. The first car I worked on was Brian Sampson's Formula Three car, and I think I was 16 or 17. Um, so, I think he's still racing. still racing, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had a really bad car accident, which knocked him around. Oh, but he still, he, he's got a great collection of cars, and he still does that. But I used to polish wheels, not do very much, but that, that's sort of where I started. And, and so early on, before data and all that stuff was available, you sort of had to have a relationship with people who were engineering your car, and they had to understand what you required and watch the car going around and work it out in their mind. You know, I remember when we had the Oscar and NASCAR, which was good times for us. We won five championships. Mm. Um, we used to spend our life at Calder and I'd come away. <laughs> I actually lost my, my book one day with all my setups and everything in it. And, uh, and I was having a, a, a real panic because we were winning everything at that stage. And Bradley said, don't worry. And I'm like, well, you know, it's got all our stuff in it. He said, yeah, but you wrote it, so it's all spelt wrong. Nobody will understand it. It's, <laughs> it's ghibli got. Um, but, but that was, you know, we, I was lucky if I got two pages of information from a day's testing, where now these squiggly line things, they get 40 rings in about a nanosecond. Mm. Um, and I think what's happened with what they've done with the data, it's taking it back to the way it was, yep. where the driver and the engineer have to communicate. I think for a recent period of time the engineers sort of were trying to run the show a little bit too much mm -hmm. and were and, and the drivers you know you go back everyone goes brock moffat gagan those guys which you know was around at the start of my era those guys had an uncanny ability to be able to adapt their driving styles to what they had underneath them um where the next level from that was really the engineer and the and the driver and giving it what they want. And, you know, I remember Bradley um, with the NASCAR and I set it up the way Hendricks told us to set it up, which made it really taily. He didn't like it, but it was fast. Mm. You know, like it was super, super fast. And he came back and he said, look, it's quick, but I'm going to end up in the wall. Mm. So he liked the car with a little bit of understeer in it. And so with, that's the way you built the car. And I think that that is something that is helping us a little bit. Some of that, high-end data information has now gone you don't get it till monday you know i wouldn't i'd be happy if you didn't get it at all um but that stuff has changed and thinking you know lots of people i know set up what their strategy is before they get to the racetrack and they don't vary much from it where our race strategies we've always been shoot off the hip and because it's a moving target you don't know what it's going to be thrown at you or where where you're going to end up and and bjr's been quite good at doing that all the way through um but it, it, it's exciting i think the best thing is it actually puts on good racing mm. and people aren't running into each other that was one thing when they came back from the online racing, I thought the guys might be sort of uh, carrying that crash bandicoot sort of uh, mentality. But the first round back at Sydney Motorsport Park was excellent racing. And then the next one after was very similar as well. So I agree. I think there's a, there's a, the respect to be able to 
do what they want to do. You know, like drivers, we were talking just before this about, about how a race car driver drives a car fast. Well, you know, you all got big egos. The last thing you want to do is be firing off the track or having someone grab you around the neck and headbutt you. Um, so that's, I think that was maybe brought home a little bit more in the break. Um, I know Nick and Todd were both training really, really hard in that off period and and when you go and do something like that you're not you know i'm not the fittest person in the world but i know when i go for a ride on my bike it gives you time to think about all that stuff um and you know it, it's it's benefit and, and it's come back and it's better and i think the racing's better yeah some news that came out today uh on nick's car you guys have got a major sponsor for the remainder of the year with rj batteries uh did you do that deal no, I didn't actually. Oh. Um, no, my, my brother did that deal. Um, it, it's, um, look, people criticise us for having different liveries on the cars, race to race. But at the end of the day, you've got to pay the bills. And yeah. that's the only way you can pay the bills. In this current economic climate, to find somebody to step up and say, yes, I'm going to commit to doing this is a very difficult thing. We've had a couple of partners who have come along and said, look, we know we've got a contract, um, but we can't commit to it. We have to pull out because we're putting staff off. And, and, and that's, that's fair enough. You know, mm. I, I had an incident uh, a few years ago with a major company in Australia and uh, it was a really, really big deal. And the person that I did the deal with left the company and the company came along and said, okay, we're going to break the contract. And I said, under what rule, you know, what grounds, what have I done wrong? Yeah. And they said, well, we don't want to do it anymore because the other person's not here. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, but it's a contract. And they said, well, we've got 12 in-house lawyers. Do you want to go to court? Mm. And, and, and we went and spoke to our solicitor and he said, they'll just run you out of money. Yeah. And, and so even though all those things happen, it, it's turbulent times. It's difficult. You know, I, I, I don't know where it's going to go. You know, people are moting that there's going to be Gen 3. Sure. I hope it doesn't happen in my lifetime because we really couldn't afford it. I, uh, I definitely want to touch on Gen 3. But before we get to that, um, you'd said that some people have been critical of of the uh, rotating liveries. I'm sure the uh, the speed cafes and the motorsport.coms and the supercars.coms all love it because it populates their uh, their websites with um, super easy uh, super easy content. Here's a photo. Here's one of uh, Kim and Brad's new sponsors. Nice and uh, nice and easy stuff. But um, the uh, the criticism seems uh, a little harsh really um you know you it's guys all have... these people that go under really weird names and don't put their own name to things that that usually criticize that stuff so it hasn't been so the, so the criticism hasn't come from top levels like supercars because I, no, I know no. i know uh in the past supercars had you know they were really keen to have one one livery for, and this is uh, quite a number of years ago, one livery so people could get used to seeing the same car, knowing that's who That's an it ideal is. world. Yeah, that's, that, that's exactly right. It's an ideal world. But do you know what? If we weren't changing the names on our cars all the time, supercars wouldn't know where to go to look for new sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> that's never yes. happened in this sport. Uh, 
Right. <laughs> it's probably the toughest gig though, trying to find money to go car racing. Look, I, I, I did a talk a little while ago and, and, and people mustn't have much to, uh, must be quite news days because I'm getting a lot of this stuff. But, um, you know, when we first started, it was about going racing and wanting to win races. Mm. Um, Bradley was pretty much a mechanical dyslexic, so I would never drive anything he worked on. So I, I ended up doing the spanners and he ended up, he ended up tearing all up, tearing all the shit up. Um, but so, and, and then as time went by, I engineered the cars and I built the cars and I did all that sort of stuff till we had the Audis. And then we really had to step up to the commercial reality of what we're doing we're dealing with a major manufacturer well in the other part of the world i had to go to germany all the time um and and, and that changed my life but it, it was still rewarding to be able to go in and do deals i remember taking brad and andrew and another guy that was working for us into a place and before we went in we were talking about how much money we were going to ask for and uh it was like 50k uh, for a small sign on the car and we got in there and I started my dog and pony show and everything was going really really good and we walked out with over 120k and when we got in back into the car we drive along they're all shaking their heads going hey hang on what happened to the what happened to the 50k I said well what do you want 125 50 I don't care um it was the meeting was going pretty well so I thought I'd hit him I could always go backwards I couldn't go up once once he said yes you, you bug it um, but, but it's still a rewarding thing. Our dad used to say, um, under, under promise and over deliver. And that, that's, that was a, a really good thing. You know, there was a, a guy from Mizuno Shoes who has been one of our partners for a long time. They supply shoes to the team. Now, everybody might go, oh, yeah, well, that's a nothing deal. But it's not. There's 80 people in the team. They get four pairs of shoes a year. It's mm. a big deal because if they're not supplying them, you gotta buy then them. you've got to go and buy them. And he's just left. And he said, um, he said, look, I deal with sports people my whole life. And I always have. And he's gone to another business. And he wrote this really nice letter that said, BJR is the best team I've ever dealt with. Um, and he deals with Olympians and all, all sorts of sports people, which is a, is a really nice thing. But the commercial part of it is a really big thing. And now it's a business. You know, uh, someone said, what's the most important thing in the business, which is the staff, mm. because Bradley and I can't do it just the two of us anymore. Um, you know, it, it's, it's about managing it. And keep in mind, we, we run four cars in the main game and two other cars as well. So it, it's quite a big thing. And people go, well, why are you doing all that? But it's about making enough money to be able to make the world go round. Mm. So in the ideal world, do you keep the current revolving uh, revolving sponsors ticking along or would you um, like to find uh, the, the more, more regular uh, full-time major well, partners? It, it's, it's, it's much easier to manage it on that rather than having to negotiate deals all the time. But in the current economic climate, I think it's only going to get worse. You know, it, in reality, we're in the entertainment business. Um, <laughs> It amazes me in the current economic climate how many people are doing renos on their houses and spending money here and there. They're not going away, but they're not putting away either. So when all this 
stops, the first thing that'll fall over is um, entertainment. And, and that's bands, it's motorsport, it's football games, it's all that sort of stuff. Um, because when things tighten up, who's going to have 120 or $150 to go and spend to go and watch motorsport? You know, it, it's a very concerning thing what's going to happen going forward. Look at Victoria, all the businesses that have just, you know, government's gone, okay, turn, turn the tap off. And most of those people have been through it all and either refunded things to get going again. And, and now their doors are shut again. You know, like it's, I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but perfect world. Yeah. Major sponsors. Um, you know, if anyone's out there and they're, they're looking for good competitive team that's running up the front, Gives you a good bang for your buck. Where your man? Give us a yell. Does that sound like an ad? <laughs> we'll uh, we'll put a link at the bottom of the uh, podcast <laughs> for people to contact you directly. Uh, so Gen Three, where do you sit on it? Um, and I get the feeling that you'd like to see the current generation of vehicles uh, remain in, in the fleet for a, a little bit longer than what's being mooted. Yeah, look, it, it, it's a it's a really difficult thing. Keep in mind, we changed over before all this hoo-ha started. We were running Falcons. And then Holden came to us and said, run Holdens. And we're like, oh, yeah? What's going to happen? Are you going to help us? And so I think McNamara uh, organised some cars that we bought off um, walking chores at the time. Uh, it's funny because they turned up and they didn't have one K. K-Nut is a special high-end motorsport nut for people that don't know that goes on the end of a bolt and uh, everything had nylock nuts on it. They'd gone and taken all the K-Nuts off the whole car and put, put nylock nuts on it. Um, so they, they, were, they, were, they really helped us along there. But the, the, the irony of it was, in the end, we were actually beating them with, with their, their old cars. So, um, it, so when we had the Falcons, we threw everything out the front door and started again. And that was a huge, huge, huge expense. The reason that we run the development series is because we can't afford to sell those old generation cars at a reasonable price. So we're actually leasing them out and getting a return on them. Um, to change from where we are, and, and, and let's just go through one scenario. Let's talk about the wheels. So we're running 17 inch magnesium wheels. So BJR, I think, has 190 wheels or something. They were caught, the magnesium ones were costing $600 or $700 each. At the end of the season, before they changed to the aluminium ones, I think we consumed 20 wheels that year. Then they said, okay, we're going to do this deal and have aluminium 17-inch wheels because they're cheaper. I think they were $500 each. So we, we get rid of all the magnesium ones. I think we were selling them for $200 each or something because everybody was doing it. Um, we have the 17-inch aluminium ones. At the end of the first year, I think we'd consumed 120 wheels because they're not, not as strong. So, so there's a cost involved with that. Then they go, well, we're going to go to 18-inch wheels. So all the 17-inch wheels become redundant. So you get 50 bucks for them because no one wants them. So, and you've just had a glut because you've sold all your good magnesium ones and now you're going to sell the shit aluminium ones. So then we have 18 inch wheels. And I think now wheels are basically consumable. You can repair them once or twice, but then the aluminium goes soft and you throw them away. 
So it's all that sort of stuff. And if you go to Gen 3, there'll be very little of the current car. You know, when we, when we went to the current car, um, they said, oh, we'll do this, we'll make the roll cages, we'll do all this stuff. But you can't repair the bloody things. Mm. You know, the, the generation before what we have now, very rarely did a car have an accident and not compete at worst the next day. Um, but now you have a decent chunk. The car's buggered. You can't fix it. Not mm. at the circuit anyway. You know, we've got, we never used to have chassis that were write-offs. I think we've got three or four of them now. Mm. Maybe that's, that's because the guys skidding around in them have big accidents. I don't know. Now, Kim, uh, there's a lot of talk about Bathurst being the final event of the year or the championship. What do you know from the back end and do you support that sort of uh, idea? <sighs> I, look, I, I don't... Bradley, Bradley's on the board, obviously, mm. um, and the commission. But we don't talk about that stuff because then I can't be the leak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is it something that you support, though? Do you feel that supercars should uh, do I, look, its best to wrap up there? It's it's a very difficult thing, you know. The guys are going to go to from Darwin to Townsville, um, do two races there, then where, where, wherever the next events are, and then they're going to go to Bathurst. So the Victorian teams, the way things are going in Victoria right now, they're not going to get to go home until after Bathurst. So yeah, from 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 a personnel point of view. Yeah, it's probably the right answer. If they go Bathurst, that's it. But commercially, what what's going to happen after that? Mm. Because that's a long break until we get going again next year. So I it, think it's it, a look, lot the better decision, than doing a summer series, though. Yeah, the, look, there's 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 lots of things. It, it changes from day to day. Look what happened in Darwin. Yeah, you know, like every day something was different. And then Friday afternoon, the minister goes, oh, well, yep, look, we're going to let it go. And you can come out of lockdown and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, if you had done that on Thursday or Wednesday, we could have had the race meeting. But so, so yes. there's so many things outside of the control of even supercars. Um, it, it, it's, you know, if, if you're on the email list, of what was going on to get the guys number one out of out of Queensland to to the Northern Territory, it was just craziness. It's you know like it, it's like I was reading some of the stuff that had to happen and, and and it was just it was bizarre. And then when they got there, it was almost like people weren't ready for it. So it, it's a really difficult thing. And, and I really, I really don't have an opinion because we sign a piece of paper that says we're a participant. And if we don't, if we don't participate, we get a fine um, mm. and, and sort of that's where it sits. So it, it's not, it's, it's not me making those decisions. And, and, and to be honest, I think that to get a straight answer out of anybody involved in the sport, um, even supercars would be a very difficult thing because you can't commit. You don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy, crazy times. And I think Supercars has done its level best uh, in such a fluid environment. Uh, you know, there's probably no exact right formula, 
there's uh, there's just a uh, a lot of craziness and see what comes out of it on the other side. Kim, we've uh, absolutely appreciated you ha- uh, joining us on Parked Up. Just got one last question for you. We asked our uh, Parked Up podcast Facebook fans, and I know you're probably a mad keen uh, subscriber to that um, to that uh, page. But um, we we asked we asked them. Uh, if they could choose any sponsor to have on the side of their car, what would they choose? And we had a, a wide variety of different um, well-known brands thrown at us, which was great. Uh, your team has seen a, a lot of um, big companies, big national, multinational companies support them, support you guys over the years. But, and I'm sure the best answer for yourself is the, uh, the person who's currently sponsoring you is the best sponsor. But if you could pick any sponsor, any brand across the world, who would you like to work with? Uh, look, it, it, it's a very open-ended question. The, everybody... Be creative, be creative. Dad, nah, my dad, again, he said, friends come and go, enemies accumulate. So if you only have any respect for yourself, make everybody your friend. And that's sort of what we've done over, over our motorsport career. Um, and... For various reasons, there's different things. Justin Milne, who was the boss at Aussie Mail when they came on board with us, used to giggle every time Bradley and I went in there to see him because he they were sponsoring the Wallabies at the same time. But when they did something with the Wallabies, they'd have a whole agency of people would come in and negotiate where little old country bumpkins, Bradley and Kim Jones, used to rock up at the front door and, um, and, and negotiate our own deals personally. It, it, it's anybody who who has who has the vision to have a look and understand what we can bring to the table. And, and you know, one thing we compete against is TV time. Mm. You when you do a TV ad, you actually go, okay, so I'm going to make a TV ad. I'm going to spend one hundred twenty thousand dollars doing the TV ad. So that's fine. Now I'm going to go and buy $500,000 worth of airtime and the TV station will tell you that you got a million dollars or whatever it was in return. And so it's something tangible, but that's all you got. And if your ad's any good, you can only run it once because it's, that's it. End of story. What you get when you participate with a V8 supercar team that does the right job is that it's so multifaceted. It has, and at the end of the day, the exposure on the car isn't really part of it. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of talks and, and Bradley and I personally do them because we feel that, that people interact with them better. Um, but we're humans. And in our current world, there is so much digital stuff and computers and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, we're humans. My grandfather started a business in Holbrook called Holbrook Stores. Now, I used to spend a lot of time there in my school holidays. Grandpa knew every farmer's wife by the first name. He used to carry the boxes of groceries out and put them in the car. I never saw Grandpa take money off anybody. But when other shops came to Holbrook, people would go and try them, but they'd always end back at Grandpa's. And, and that was because he had a human interaction with people. And that's part of what business and big business misses you know something i've learned in this virus thing we used to go to melbourne and we'd buy groceries and bits and pieces and bring them back i can get everything sent to me online now 
Mm. You know, like it's not, you don't need that. And, and, but you like to ring and talk to people. You know, we get pasta from a guy in Melbourne and he, he posts it up to us and, and my wife rang him the other day and thanked him for doing it. And, and he really appreciated that because he doesn't have that much interaction, human interaction with people, but we, we are humans, you know, that's, that's a good thing. So there's that side of it. Um, there's lots of things that we do that relates to general business and, and now the business has grown. We can use those examples and, and make it work. And it's, you know, we have teamwork, we have all sorts of different things that, that can be used in, in other areas. And it's exciting and people like motorsport as well. But I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a goal. Um, it, probably the person who's, who signs up next is, is the perfect sponsor. It's your favourite. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey, look, we appreciate you picking up the uh, phone to us. You've actually got me a little bit hungry thinking about Holbrook and their pie shop. Mm. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, got, that's got me going. It's, uh, it's almost dinner time. Kim Jones, there's a, better, there's a better one at Yak and Dander. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. You can send me the coordinates. Are you uh, saying I'm a pie eater? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I no we all have a pie, you. mate. <laughs> Kim Jones, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up, and we look forward to seeing you at a racetrack real soon. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you, mate. And we thank Kim for his time on Parked Up, powered by the Race Fuels. Uh, it, uh, he's definitely one for a yarn and definitely one to knows how to avoid a, uh, avoid a question <laughs> as well. Yeah. He does like a bit of a chat, doesn't he? That, that was probably one of our longest, really good chat. I enjoyed that one. And just to hear some of the insight, he didn't give too much away. Uh, and I think he knew a little bit more, especially on the topic of Brad being on the board and all the discussions going on in the background with the decisions made from supercars, especially around the Darwin event. The thing that I took away from it was that there was a huge amount of panic going on in the background of how to try and make the Darwin events work. And there's probably a lot of uncertainty of, you know, what, how the rest of the season looks, especially come Bathurst time. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a book in how this year's 2020 supercar season un unraveled. And I'd imagine that most of the words written in the book would be about what happened off track, not, mm. uh, not hap what happened on track, but that almost draws a close to episode number 21, Tony D of parked up powered by the race fuels. And uh, it's the first one we haven't been uh, sitting next to each other, just looking mm. at each other over the, over the zooms. Uh, yeah. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame that uh, I do enjoy having, um, having you come in and having some company, um but uh, a lot hungrier today <laughs> well my fridge is a lot fuller as well <laughs> so uh so just before we go we should uh, very quickly talk about the uh, tcr australia sim racing series you actually finished third in one of the races but yes post race penalty has, oh, um, has uh dropped you back down the order how did I get a penalty? What for? Yeah, you cop ten seconds for uh, shoving shoving someone, uh, some unsuspecting person off the road. So naughty! You're such oh. a naughty, naughty online driver. Jeez, I don't even. Yeah, okay. I'm not even sure what they're referring to there. But anyway, you've just burst my bubble because, as far as I knew, and you did this last week as well when you said my internet connection hadn't worked and I actually didn't start race two. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it, I actually had a good race for once on, uh, the online racing 
generally I leave so frustrated, but this time around, um, it was a bit of fun. Pretty good battle there, actually, with Dylan O'Keefe and Ben Bargwana. Right at the end, they were pushing me along, trying to get past, and I thought I'm going to end up on, on my lid uh, sooner rather than later. But managed to keep them behind and picked up a podium, which was just really nice because I've had a bloody miserable time. You did well. You were uh, really competitive. There was uh, You seemed to have picked it up by the uh, by the end of that I, I think you copped the penalty for some of that early on track uh biff and barge which is just part of the those reverse grid races they, they mm. just look impossible to to get through cleanly only we're one actually, who seems to get through cleanly is dylan o'keefe yeah we're actually talking about it on the discord and all the drivers were saying how hard it is to to know if you're giving the other driver enough room you think you are but then Sometimes you make contact, sometimes you get away with it. And everybody just struggling with that sort of, that fine line. And being an absolute rookie myself, I find myself in more trouble than, uh, than not. So, uh, but even, you know, Dylan was commenting on the same thing. But definitely uh, some of those guys that are a bit more, got a bit more experience, they, they handle it a bit better. Yep. Well, the next round is next week and we're going to the Adelaide Parkland Street Circuit. So first time... Uh, TCR Australia in real life hasn't been there, but we'll get to see what these cars are like uh, zapping around the Adelaide track. And I don't think Dylan O'Keefe will be there because he's overseas. I think he's out. Yes, I've got a chance. There we go. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us. That's episode 21 of Parked Up and you'll hear from us next week. See you later.